Water as a Weapon of War and Other Stories this June 29th, 2014. I'm Franny Halperin. And I'm Jamie Sudler. And it's This Week in Water. The ISIS insurgents in Iraq are threatening to use the historic waters of the Euphrates River as a weapon in their push to take territory in Iraq. The rebels are threatening to capture the Haditha Dam, and the fear is that they will open the floodgates, causing a catastrophe in southern parts of Iraq. In response, there were fears that the Iraqi government would have to open the gates of the dam to eliminate the possibility that the Sunni rebels would release the water. The dam is about 120 miles northwest of Baghdad on the Euphrates River and generates almost a third of Iraq's electrical power. ISIS rebels were approaching the dam and the town of Haditha from three sides. A former CIA station chief in Baghdad warned that the rebels could flood the area south of Baghdad and into Karbala, causing a major disaster. As of Sunday, June 29th, ISIS insurgents had not yet captured the dam, and Iraqi officials had not opened the gates as a protective measure. The city of Detroit is making headlines, not for being the car capital of America, but rather for having conditions similar to that of a third world country. The Detroit Water and Sewerage Department has been shutting off water to thousands of people for not paying their bills. In a city with a 40% poverty rate and unemployment that exceeds the national average, nearly half of all residents are behind on their payments. The city is also aggressively hiking water rates, approving an 8.7% increase last week. According to CBS Detroit, the average Detroit water bill now hovers around $65 per month, while the national average is about 40. The shutting off of water is sparking a major crisis. Two-thirds of disconnects are in homes with children. In addition to not being able to bathe, prepare food, flush toilets, Many parents are fearful that their children will be taken away from them for living in substandard conditions. Like many third world catastrophes, the UN is getting involved. On Wednesday, the United Nations experts declared that the city's actions constituted a violation of the human right to water. Longtime Detroit Congressman John Conyers sent letters Friday to President Obama requesting immediate action. Last week, regulators in Colorado ordered the shutdown of a water injection well near Greeley. Wastewater used in hydraulic fracturing has been injected deep into the well and is suspected of causing two recent earthquakes. No finding has yet been made that the injection of the wastewater caused the quakes, but the Colorado Oil and Gas Conservation Commission ordered the operator of the well to stop using it until more analysis could be done. Dr. William Ellsworth of the U.S. Geological Survey said that scientists have known since the 1960s that injection wells can trigger earthquakes. Earthquakes are relatively rare along the plains of northern Colorado. The shutdown of this well comes at a time when the practice of fracking is becoming a major political issue in Colorado as opponents of the controversial drilling method gear up to place various fracking control initiatives in front of voters this fall. It's summer, and as temperatures rise, many look forward to cooling off at the beach or diving into a lake to escape the heat. 
Most people probably don't think they're at risk for getting things like stomach flu or pink eye or more major stuff like hepatitis or meningitis, but according to a new report by the National Resources Defense Council, nearly 10% of beaches along our country's oceans and Great Lakes fail to meet the Environmental Protection Agency's benchmark for safety. We're not just talking empty beer bottles or plastic rings. According to John Devine, senior water attorney at NRDC, it's nasty stuff like fecal matter and bacteria that washes off city streets and makes its way to beaches, stuff he calls, quote, urban slobber. What's more, climate change might exacerbate the problem, especially in the east where storm water and sewer systems are combined. More frequent and intense rainstorms could lead to sewer overflows and stormwater pollution. Rising temperatures are also expected to increase pathogen populations, so as the planet warms, there'll be more bacteria in the water. If you want to see how your favorite beach stacks up, visit the NRDC website at nrdc.org. About two years ago, thousands of indigenous peoples arrived in Ecuador's capital, Quito, after a two-week march for life, water, and dignity of the peoples. Indigenous groups have been fighting with the government to protect the rights of nature that are guaranteed in the Constitution since 2008. In what some see as a victory in that movement, the Ecuadorian legislature last week approved a law that guarantees all citizens the right to water and prohibits its privatization. Water management will remain exclusively with the public, and any form of ownership of water will not be recognized according to the new law. The president of Ecuador's Congress, Gabriela Rivadanera, said that the law's passage marks the beginning of an agrarian revolution. Last Tuesday, Interior Secretary Sally Jewell designated a stretch of the Colorado River as a national water trail. The Black Canyon Water Trail, as it's now known, is a 30-mile stretch of the Colorado downstream of Hoover Dam to the mouth of El Dorado Canyon, south of Boulder City, Nevada. It's the first such designation of a water trail in the southwest and the first to traverse a desert. With the addition of Black Canyon and a trail in Puget Sound in Washington State on Tuesday, there are now 16 national water trails. According to Christy Vanover, spokesperson for the National Park Service at Lake Mead, the best way to experience the entire water trail is to float it. There are raft and tour companies permitted to enter the security zone beneath Hoover Dam. Kayakers and rafters then paddle downstream and can stop at beaches, hot springs, and historic remnants from the days when miners worked the walls of the canyon and steamboats plied its waters. A new water slide is about to open in Kansas City, Kansas, and when it does, it will be the largest in the world. The slide will be almost 169 feet tall, and to get up to the top, riders will have to climb 17 stories and about 260 steps. The new slide will be called Verucht, which is German for insane, but the opening has been delayed as testing continues using sandbags instead of humans. All we can say here at H2O Radio is... Oh mein Gott!
study after study indicates that antibacterial soap isn't any more protective than regular soap and water in warding off communicable diseases. Need another reason not to use the stuff? It's ending up in our wastewater and jamming up the works at sewage treatment plants. Triclosan, one of the most common antibacterial agents in hand sanitizers and acne face washes, is wiping out bacteria that are hard at work breaking down sewage, this according to new data published in the journal Environmental Science and Technology. Triclosan has been implicated in endocrine disruption and the development of antibiotic-resistant bacteria. The FDA issued a statement in 2013 asking companies to justify including triclosan in their products. Products you may be surprised to learn contain it, such as lip gloss, toothpaste, dish soap, gym clothes, and even pencils. Hey kids, there's another reason not to chew on your pencils. This Week in Water is sponsored by Colorado WaterWise whose mission is to promote the efficient use of Colorado's water. Learn more at coloradowaterwise.org.